Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. I'll take it. <laughs> Man, it feels good in the house. And here's the thing, speaking of legends, I know that they're over in Zachary dedicating their grandchild, but it's an honor to be with whom I see as legends. Your pastor and your pastor's wife. Let me just tell you real fast. I planted a church uh, 11 years ago in Northwest Arkansas, and God moved in a mighty way. Um, we are no longer, oh, kids are dismissed. I was about to get in trouble. The kids are dismissed. I said I would do it, and I didn't. You are dismissed. If there's anybody else or you think like a kid even, you're, no, just joking. Just joking about that. Thank you so much for your help on making sure I didn't forget that. But um, I planted a church uh, actually in 2010 in Northwest Arkansas, and, and, and um, it was back in 2000, and uh, I want to say five or so, six, somewhere there where I was traveling down to Louisiana a good bit, and um, I was in, I was coming down even before that to, um, to Alexandria to a youth conference that y'all would have in the summer during a camp meeting that you took, that you had, and I, I would always be inspired by someone who was a little bit different than the rest of them. He had a uh, Martin guitar and a Marlin sticker on that Martin guitar. And he would lead worship on that platform in a way that I wasn't used to. And I would, I would sit back and just be blown away by this person who was not trying to be anything but just was what he was. Is that an accurate description of who he is? And, but also apostolic, anointed, just, just an incredible encourager. And he's been that for me through the years because I got to watch as he began to plant a work that God was um, um, just guiding him into, he and Valerie here. And, um, and it was inspiring for me. So when I began to plant in Northwest Arkansas, I was looking down at you guys and watching you guys and seeing what God was doing here and getting encouragement from that. And so let me just say right now that, that me getting to be here is a big deal for me. Not so much for y'all, but a big deal for me. <laughs> So why don't you just give, your, give yourselves a hand, and why don't we just turn that into thanking the Lord for all he's done. Can we do that together? We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, 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 um, it is an Arkansas takeover. I am a little bit in my feelings this morning after last night, um, but we made it way farther than y'all, so we're good about that. Um, you got to be careful what kind of trash talk you got when you... When you when you're under investigation, First um, Samuel chapter 17. I mean, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. With that, why don't you stand for the reading of the word? Let's pray. We need to really get here real quick. I know you guys have been in. You've been in revival. God's been moving in a mighty way. I heard about that. I've heard about what all He's been doing, and I believe the same thing's going to happen here today. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the word of the Lord together. We're going to try to pull some things out maybe that you've not yet seen and maybe some things you have seen. And at the end of this service, if you feel challenged at all, you feel moved at all, you feel um, that you want to, you want to, you know, take a step in faith to say, God, I need you. I I need your help. I need your, uh, I need your word in my life. And you don't know exactly what that looks like. You don't know how to do that. Let me just encourage you to tell you right now that it begins with you believing that he can do a work in your life. Amen. It begins that way. You say, I'm a mess. I don't know if I can do it. 
guess what? We're all a mess. We're going to look at some people today in the Word of God who were also a mess. These, they, they were also a mess. And so if, if you feel that you want to take a jump and a leap and dive into this thing, then day is the right day to do that. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to join together. We're going to believe that. And I believe God can move in a mighty way. I believe God can do a marvelous work in your life. Amen. Let's look at this together. We're going to read one verse of scripture, and then I'm going to let you be seated. And then we're going to read some text together and just see what the Lord would have us to, us to receive today. First uh, Samuel chapter 17, verse 40. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 40. I'm going to give you a second to get there. It is so good to be with each and every one of you here. What an incredible job. Uh, by these kids, and uh, I was inspired by them this morning, um, and I, I commend you for uh, letting them be a part in such a mighty way. It is important. There's a lot of things the world's trying to do to our kids right now. Hold on, um, there's 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 a whole. I mean, I don't want to get whatever here, but there's a whole task force now. It was released that Disney came out and said we are releasing a whole task force to develop some new um, um, ideas and to put them in your kids' minds. Let me tell you right now, why don't we just develop a new task force? Why don't we just, why don't we just go ahead and get creative? Why don't we just go ahead and say, you know what? There's a place for you in the house of the Lord. Amen? we gotta, we got to give it our best shot. And so what an incredible uh, job by them. And it's also so uh, nice to be with um, um, somebody that I have watched grow up and now I see doing an incredible job and um, and she married um, a very, very, very sharp guy that I noticed that some of y'all can't say his name right, but it's so good to be with Sienna McGuire and um, <laughs> McGuire. And so I saw that that is kind of the norm around here, but I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be with him. I know you stood for a while. Let's read this text together. First Samuel chapter 17 and 40. It says, and he took the staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had. Everybody say, which he had. Even in a script and a sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistines. Now we know the story here, but I, I, I believe that we can all understand a little bit about this text in our own lives. And I'm going to preach to you on this simple topic of more than these. More than than these. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the presence that we feel. Lord, you're here with us. You're in this house, God, and we praise you, Lord. That's already been said. Lord, prayer took place here earlier this morning, and now we've worshiped together, and I'm asking now, we've come to you, Lord, looking at your word with your people in your house, and we need you to move in a mighty way. We need you to have your way in every heart, every life. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you clap your hands one more time? Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Uh, let's look at this, this text together in John chapter 20. Let's go to John chapter 20. And let me just tell you, I mentioned it briefly a moment ago, but we, we oftentimes place, and, and rightfully so, but I, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying when I, when I say this next part, but we often place the people of the Word of God on a pedestal, and we feel as if we could never quite um, um, measure up. Um, we can, we can never quite achieve that status. Well, let me tell you something real, real fast. You are achieving that status. And, and, and these, these were regular people walking about doing their daily tasks. They were, they were, they were, uh, regular people who were under the pressures of life. 
These are regular people just like you and I that were clocking in and clocking out. These are regular people trying their best to figure out how to make it all work and how to balance it all and get through life and deal with, with opposition and deal with stuff, just the emotions and the, and the, uh, um, the reality of, of, of life and the expectations and failing expectations and all the above. These were regular people just like you and I who got connected with Jesus came in contact with Jesus. And, and so let's, let's look at this together. Uh, John chapter 20, verse 1, the Bible. Uh, um, I'm going to read with you on your version, actually. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple. Everybody say the other disciple. Now, just for clarity, the the Gospels, we're reading the Gospel of John, so this is John writing this Gospel. John would, would, would carry around uh, uh, his pen and paper, if you will, or write in the evening time what he remembered. But he would jot down things and he would record things that he saw in the day. Like he would note today that he saw a really, really cute uh, um, two-year-old probably dancing through the whole service. And he thought it was really, really, really cool. What was his name? Lucas was leading us in worship today. And so if you saw me with my phone out, it's because I couldn't pass up the moment to share with everybody at home. It's the cutest thing you see this week. Um, um, but I thank God for that. And, and also, John would probably write that Lucas is going to live for God because Lucas knows how to worship God, at, even from a young age. And so I'm excited about that, Lucas. And, and, but John would write these things down. He would note these things. He would come around and he would write these things. But notice that John did not write his own name because in the Gospels, You'd many times you'd, you'd give yourself a title. And so, so here's what John did. John said, if I'm writing my book, I'm hooking myself up. John said, I'm the other disciple whom Jesus loved. Because you're not going to just say, I'm just the other disciple. No, I'm going to give myself a good, solid title that carries weight. And, and so, I, I'm, I mean, I, if, it, if it's me, I'm going to write, because y'all wouldn't know me at this point, I'm going to write, I'm the other disciple who was six foot four, slender and tall. I'm just going to hook myself up, people. Things I always hoped would happen. I'm going to make sure I'm taking care of whom Jesus loved. But, um, but he, the Bible says, and he said unto them, they have, I saw you, McGuire, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. We don't know where he's at. They've taken away, and so she's frantically coming. Mary is frantically coming to Simon Peter and to John, and John is sharing this experience. In verse 3, says, Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So, so the Bible starts kind of revealing some things about these great people that, that would maybe help you understand that you are able also to do great things for God. So, so here we go. Let's look at this. So they ran both so, I'm sorry, so they both ran together. And John starts deciding that I've got to make some things known. And the other disciple, John, outran Peter. This is important information, people. 
This is like stuff that's, that's, that's good, solid information that John had to make sure he got. John outran Peter, and he goes ahead and just kind of salt in the wound. He says, and came first to the tomb. He, not only did he outrun him, but he got there first because that's how it works. Yes, you, when you outrun somebody, you get there first. You don't just outrun them, but you get there. And so he's making sure that we get it. Do you get it yet? John would be right here. If he could use like all caps or bold. He would say, this is what I did. And he's stooping down, looking in, saw linen clothes lying there, yet did not go in. This is verse 5. Yet uh, he didn't go in. And we can go on to verse 6. Um, can we go to verse 6 real quick? And uh, then Simon Peter came following him. Now notice what he does. He says, I just want to make sure you know again. Don't forget what I told you in verse 4. I was faster. I got there first. And just in case you forgot... He comes after me. I got there. I was able to get refreshments. I was able to stretch out my calves. I was able to take a break. I was able to look inside the tomb. And then I see Simon Peter coming, finally. And went into the tomb, and he saw the clothes lying there. And the handkerchief, verse 7, that, was, uh, that had been about his head, uh, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. And verse 8. Here we go. Then the other disciple. Are you seeing this yet? The other disciple, John, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and believed. Not only did he see, but he believed. So here's what's amazing about this is we have fun with this, and I hope we... I hope we can because it's just the reality of the text. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not demoting anybody, but I do want you to understand that this is real people doing real things. And, and, and here's what's amazing about this is what we get in, in, in John chapter 20 is we get a competition. We get two people who are close to Jesus who are vying for competition and vying for placement and vying to, uh, trying to find a way that they could get near him and find a foundation in ministry that they could say, I'm comfortable here. And, and here is two men that, that are now in this text. Here, here's the thing that I struggle with in John chapter 20. In John chapter 20, we should have got Mary went to the tomb. Mary didn't see Jesus. Mary rushes back to two who were close to Jesus and says, he's not there. He, I'm, I'm not seeing him. I don't know where he's at. And we should have got that John looks at Simon Peter and says, he told us he would get back up. He told us that death wouldn't hold him down. He told us that this day would come. He told us and promised us that he would overcome death, hell, and the grave. Let Let's go see what the Lord has done. But instead of getting that, we get, I was faster than him. I was better than him. He was slower than me. I looked in and I believed and he just looked in. And is it possible that even in our modern day that we miss out on a miracle because of people, because of competition, because of what I can do versus what they can do, because of these humanity struggles that we have and I just don't know if it's possible that we shake off all that stuff and we look and say he's not dead but he's alive I might have got there first but he's alive you might be struggling right now but let's go together he is alive he's alive is, is it possible this chapter of your life has missed the miracle 
of this moment. And we're recording the wrong things. John chapter 21, uh, if you flip the page with me, John chapter 21, uh, we find here that, that Jesus had appeared to them once again after his resurrection. And, and he, he comes to them and they are startled. They're caught up in this moment. They're not too sure exactly how to, how to handle this moment. And so we find in, in, in they, had, they had come together. He had allowed them to experience a great, great abundance of fish. And he comes and, and the, the disciples eat together. And after they had dined together, in verse 15, and we're going to kind of take a minute and roll through these. But so when they had dined together, Jesus, Jesus says, and, and, and the Bible, the New King James says, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than, more than these? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Then feed my lambs, which is a euphemism for pretty much saying, Take care of my people. Thank you for that. The Leslie is moaning back there, and I'm glad that I was hoping, I, I was hoping that was okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I just had a rough breakfast or if it's tired. But... Um, <laughs> but, but, but he says, Do you love me more than these? And... And, 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 and Simon responds, and he said, um, he says, yes, Lord, I know that I love you. And again, he says, feed my lambs, which in other words says, take care of my people. If you love me, then you'll take care of my people. If you love me, then you'll do as I do. If you love me, then you'll watch over people. If you love me, then you'll do um, the things that matter most to me. You'll take care of these things. So feed my people. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, love, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, that no. You know that I love you. You know it, right? And he says, okay, then, then tend my sheep or feed my sheep or take care of my people. Now, let me just stop here and tell you real fast that when I grew up in Arkansas, we, we, we had a um, kind of a home base of sorts for our neighborhood. We, were, we lived on a little area called Elaine Circle. And, and, and it was just a big, big circle in our little neighborhood. We lived in a little 1,500-square-foot house, and, and, and um, we... we, we just had a great little upbringing right there in that little area. And we had a basketball goal. And, and, and when everyone else's backboards finally broke and ours was okay, everybody showed up at our house after school. And so we would, they would all come to my house, and we'd have 15 guys in the front yard, and, and, and we'd be all, all be hanging out there. My mom would come to me and say, Paul, did you clean your room? And I would say, I'd be playing ball out, front, out in the front. And, and I'd say, yeah, Mom, I, I got it, I got it. And she'd say, Paul, did you clean your room? And I would hear her and say, guys, She's getting old and hard of hearing. Yeah, Mom, I got it. But here's the reality. When Mom would use that middle name, you might know what I'm talking about? When I heard her, don't, don't, don't give it to me too hard, but when I heard Paul Marvin Price, I would stop and look back because I just realized in that moment that she knows something I did not know she knew. <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about, Moms? When you're like, hey, did you take the trash out? Yeah, did you take, did you take that trash out? You know, and you out back in the day, they used to make us go out and pick our own switch. You know what I'm talking about? We go get a twig off the bush and walk in there and like, this is what this is how I'm going to die. That's exactly right. You better. That's how we grew up. You, you selected your own stuff. You know what I'm talking about? You'd go down there and you were you were checking flexibility. You were praying about it. You're like, Lord, lead me to the right one. You're trying your best to figure it out. And when you begin to break it, and it wasn't breaking that easy. You move on to the next candidate and you're trying your best. You might know what I'm talking about. Anybody have a switch throwing mama that brought you up right? 
So, so Simon is almost in that mode right here where the Lord says, do you love me? He says a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved. That grief we're talking about. That grief. Notice something, though. In the notice, he, he was grieved. And here's why. I believe he was grieved because he realized you know. Okay, you know. You know what I'm dealing with right now. You know what I'm going through right now. You know I'm dealing with some stuff right now. You know that I've got a little bit of, I'm, I'm not feeling validated. I'm not feeling like I'm getting there. I'm not feeling like I'm measuring up. I don't feel like I'm as talented. I don't feel like I've got it going on. He said he, said he was grieved. Can we have that back real fast? He said he was grieved. He, he, in this moment, he was grieved because he said to him a third time. Can we pull that back up real fast? He says, he says I, I, I'm, I'm grieved because the third time, do you love me? We've dealt with it twice already and he said I love you I love you I love you and he said unto him Lord Lord you know all things don't you you know about it he's saying I know that you see now that I'm going through some stuff I don't know what I'm doing I, I know I've been on this journey with you I know I've experienced stuff right now but I just saw a death and now I see a resurrection and now we don't really know what's happening and I'm, I'm trying my best to figure it out with you not here all the time and I see this disciple and I see that disciple but I feel a calling on my life and I don't know what to do right now and the Lord said but do you love me because if you love me it's going to get figured out if you love me and you do the things I've called you to do things will come together if you love me and you come with me it's going to be okay so he asked do you love me and he breaks through the flesh and he deals with the spirit and he works in a way that Simon Peter wasn't quite ready. But notice what John's doing. John is writing everything down. John is noting all these things. He's like, my, he, he said this and, and the Lord spoke back to him and John saying, he said simply this, then follow me, then feed my sheep. In verse 18 it says, most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you'll stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish there will be a time of shifting in your life this spake he signifying by what death verse 19 he would glorify God and when he had spoken this he said unto him the grand invitation we all want we all need we all look for he said follow me notice let me just stop here for a second before we go on he said I know your eyes are on other things what, what were his eyes on his eyes were on his competition. His eyes were on the others that were near. His eyes were on all those that, were, that was close by him. His eyes were on the talents and, and the abilities of all these other ones. And, 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 and in our modern day, our eyes are on, I hate to say it, but can I, can I just be real for a moment? Our eyes are on politics. Our eyes are on, on competition. Our eyes are on uh, um, uh, uh, careers. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Everybody needs to do well. But, I, but, but here's the thing. The Lord was saying, I know you love me, but do you love me enough to follow me? Do you love me enough to abandon these things? Do you love me enough to walk away from those things to get a hold of me and follow me? Do you love me more than these so that these would have been the other disciples and it's okay to love 
love them, but you got to love me. And, 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 and in this moment, he says, follow me. And in verse 20, verse 20 is so important. Then we find that Peter turning around. Can we get verse 20 real fast, guys? Uh, verse 20 real quick if we can. Then Peter turning around. Notice the first thing he does after Jesus says, follow me. Just keep that up there the whole time if you can. Then Peter turning around saw this disciple, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following. So Jesus says, Jesus says, follow me. Can you come here real fast, you mind? Uh, um, Jesus says, just, I had no doubt. See, I wouldn't have gone that way because I would have been bad news, but I had no idea. I had no doubt. You were just going to jump over everything. And so, so, so Jesus you're Jesus, all right? Just for about 10 minutes, and then that expires, all right? So <clears throat> just making sure you never know. But, um, <laughs> but, but Jesus says, Jesus looks at Simon Peter, and, and he says, follow me. And, and Simon Peter looks over and sees John following, and Jesus starts to walk away. And, G, and, and Simon Peter's in between these worlds. I, I, I want to I come, but I see, Simon, I see, I see, I see John coming. And John's, what, what are you writing, John? What are you writing? Why is John writing this? And J- Jesus is going, and, and Simon Peter is, is caught between this stuff, and, and Jesus doesn't walk like that, by the way. But Jesus is going away. Jesus is going away, and he says, he says, hang on, Lord, hang on, hang on. What about this guy? What about this one? Why, why is he coming? Why? Why is John coming on my journey? Why is John coming this way? Why is John walking with us? Why is John doing this? Why? Why is all this happening? Why is all this happening to me? Why? Sometimes we get caught in a paralyzed state where Jesus is saying, follow me. But we're just saying, why is this happening to me? But yet Jesus is saying, follow me. And we're saying, why are these doing this? And why is that happening? And why are they coming? And why are they able? And why are they blessed? Why did they get a new car? Why can they build a house? Why is there family picture look perfect. The reason why the family of the picture looks perfect is because dad whipped those kids and said take the picture because I don't want to be here either and they posted a perfect picture and now you're comparing yourselves. You don't see the reality of it. You're comparing what they have versus what you have, but yet the Lord is saying, come with me. Walk with me. I've got something for you. I need you to go with me. I need you to go on the journey. I've got you on. I need you to be with me right now. I've just come to tell somebody to quit worrying about all the stuff. Quit worrying about all the mess. Quit worrying about all the struggle and get engaged with Jesus and Hey God, if you're going, I'm going. Jesus, I'm going to go where you're at. I'm going to do the things that you would do. So, so Jesus turns and he looks at him. Come on back here for a moment. You're, I, I get to play Jesus this time. Simon Peter starts walking away and he asks the question and Jesus looks at him square in the eye and he says, if I will that he lives till I come again. In other words, if I bless them beyond measure, if I give them talents and abilities, if I allow them to do things that you could not ever even fathom, but if I give them life until I come again, if he walks this earth until I come back, if he does all these things, what is that? Verse 21 is where we find it. He says, he says or, or, um, I'm sorry, verse 22 now. If I will that he remain till I come, what is is that to you? You didn't realize the Lord used that language. He simply said it in a very, very straightforward manner. We think he would say, well, I understand your feelings and your emotions. 
and you are justified, my child. That's not what he said. That Facebook post didn't work. I'm sorry. You just go ahead and push past that one. No, the Lord said, get over it. I believe he might have been a little, he might have had a little Louisiana in him. He said, I don't care about your feelings. I, 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 I'm not here to work with your feelings. I can't deal with your feelings right now. But I, what, I wanna, what I wanna do with you're really good at this. What I wanna do though, what I wanna do though is I wanna get you to the next place. Because here's what he was saying, is in just a short while, I need to establish a church. I need to establish a church. I need to do a work, and I need somebody to stand before a crowd. And John's not going to be the one, but you're going to be the one. And so in order for me to get you to the place of that that moment, I've got to get you now engaged with me. If he lives till I come again, what's it to you? You've got a future, and you've got a purpose. If they're blessed now, the reason why you're not blessed is because you're not. I need you to get engaged. I've got blessings for you. I've got a place for you. I've got a calling for you. I've got an anointing for you. I've got something for you. But get your eyes off of them. Get your eyes off the stuff. Get your eyes off the things. And focus on me. Thank you. Thank you. Focus right now on, on, on me is what he's saying. Get your eyes on me. Turn your eyes on me. And that I believe, I believe our world right now is under attack. The spiritual world is trying to get our eyes off of him. It's trying to take our eyes off of what he's doing. It's trying to remove us from thinking the way that we need to think. It's trying to get us caught up in comparison and competition. We deal with it when we first wake up in the morning. We wake up and we compare ourselves. We look at what someone else has. We look at what someone else did. We look at what someone else is eating. And we think, oh, I never get that. And we defeat ourselves in the very beginning. And the Lord would say, what is it to you? Shut it off. Get away from it and follow me. Walk with me. Talk with me. And find that I've got blessings for you in your life. I'm hurrying here. I'm hurrying here. I, I promise I'm going to do, do my best to hurry. But look, let's look real fast at Genesis chapter 27 and verse 18. I believe I have that right. Uh, um, um, so, so here we have we have this this setup of of um, um, Isaac and Jacob and Esau and and the Bible says that that in verse eighteen. So he went to his father and said, "My father." And he said, "Here am I. Who art thou, my son?" Now, notice in verse nineteen the first thing we we find here, and it's very important in the Old Testament when you when you meet someone for the first time, it's almost like you're shaking their hands in the Word of God, and what you see them doing in that moment is very important. What you see happening in that moment is very important because it's going to give you a little understanding of who they are. Their names have great meaning, but also this act has great meaning. And Isaac, by the by, uh, I'm sorry, Jacob said to his father, "I am Esau, your first." So notice something. Jacob says, what? I am I am Esau. Notice what he does. He's already, the first time we meet him, he's already trying to be somebody he's not. First time we meet him, he's already trying to do something. He's already trying to be somebody else. He doesn't like who he is. He struggles with it. He's always struggled with it. He's, he's wanting. And notice there's, there's, there's a few very important things we find here about, about Jacob. I am Esau, your firstborn. He's trying to be somebody he's not. I have done a, as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my venison or my game, that your soul may bless me. He wants a blessing that's not his. He doesn't like who he is, and he wants a blessing that's not his. 
And so, so, so we find here in this struggle that it begins a, a bit of a, a, a war, if you will, between the brothers. And in uh, Genesis 32, we find this carries on. In Genesis 32, this carries on. And the scripture tells us that, that um, uh, uh, Jacob had heard that his brother was coming and he was near. And they had, they had said, well, we, you know, I got I to gotta meet him face to face. We got to get this figured out. But here's Jacob dealing with this in such a way that he sends all of his belongings and his servants and his wife, he sends them all over the brook. And when he sends them all to the brook, he's there left alone. In Genesis 32, he's there left alone. And the Bible tells us that as he's there left in that moment, he begins to wrestle. He begins to wrestle with an angel. And I, I, I really, he begins to wrestle with God that night. And then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint. Jacob was desperate. He needed something to happen. In verse 26, he said... Let me go for the day breaks. But here we go. Jacob responds and says, I will not let you go unless you what? What did we learn a moment ago about Jacob? He doesn't like who he is, and he wants blessings that are not his. So this, 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 this moment right here where the Lord speaks to him and says, okay, you want a blessing? So he says to him, what is your name? You don't like who you are and you want blessings that aren't yours? Who am I going to bless? Am I blessing the person that is you or the person you're trying to be? What do you want me to do? You want me to bless you or the competition? What I mean by that in your life and how you could possibly apply this, do you want me to bless you or the person that's, that's living trying to figure out what, what, what would have happened in my life if I'd have done this different, if I'd have done that different? What would have happened if 10 years ago I'd have made this decision and taken that job? And What would have happened here and there? And, and we live in this state of paralysis wondering what, what, what would be right now? And the Lord is simply saying, what is it to you? Why don't you get up from that? And why don't you walk right now with me? And why don't you get up from the regret and fear and worry and why don't you why don't you just get up from that and come with me do you love me then walk with me and in this moment Jacob says bless me and the Lord responds and says okay who are you are you able to deal with it are you able to call it out as it is and I don't believe if we read this right now we read it in the sense of when he said to him what is your name and he said Jacob no I don't believe that's how it happened at all I don't believe it I don't believe it was that I believe this would have been a dramatic place where there would have been a pause. After they've rested all this time and now they've come to this place after the duel where they're, they're so worn out and they stop and they sit. Sweat's rolling down his brow and he's huffing, he's tired, his, his hip hurts, he's probably got a busted rib and his nose is bleeding, all this stuff. He says, I need, I, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. He says, okay, well, what's your name? Let's get to it. Let's deal with it. You're a heel catcher, conniver, supplanter. You, 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 you've stolen from your, your brother. You've cheated out your father. You, you and your mom conspired to this, this plan. And now you're running. Your life's a mess. Your servants are in danger. All the above. You, your life is a mess. And you want me to bless you right now. Well, who are you? Do, who, who are you? And, and, and the reason why he asked this question is not because he didn't know who he was. It's because Jacob had to come to grips with who he was. 
Jacob in that moment wrestled himself. He began an inner, inner wrestling uh, at that moment. He began to struggle. He began to think about it. Oh, uh, I want to I I do these things, and I, I want to have these things, and I, I want to be blessed in my life, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not qualified. And, and, I, and, and, and the day I was born, I had a past immediately. Every time I met somebody, they always said I was a cheater. And every time I met somebody, they always said I was a conniver. They, they always did this. And so, so I, this is just the reality of who I am, but I don't want to be this. I don't want to be this person. And these begin to all flow through his mind, and he began to think about it because one more time, the Lord's meeting somebody with information they didn't know that he had. And he says, okay, I need, I need to deal with this right now. The only way I deal with this is I start right where I'm at. And he said, my name is James. That's who I am. I imagine in that moment, exhaustion began to come out of his spirit. He began to now feel a little bit of a, of a load lifted, yet a little bit of an anxiety, anticipation. And he struggled with this. And he said, my name is Jacob. That's who I am. That's exactly, I've made a mess of it. Yes, I have. You're right. I've made a mess. And, and I've done all these things wrong. And I've got, I've got such a mess in my life. And I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to handle these things. And I'm hurrying to a close here. But I don't know how to do this stuff. I don't know what. And the Lord responds back to him and says, no more will your name be Jacob perhaps you, you, you'll now be known as Israel musicians can get ready to come right now if you'd like he says he says now your name will be Israel for thou hast power with God and men and you've prevailed through what you're, you've dealt with just stay focused just for a moment right now he's simply telling him the very thing you've longed for the very thing you needed is now there it's now going to step into your life only because you're able to admit what you've struggled with. Are you hearing me right now? I hope you're, I hope you're hearing me right now. I, I hope somebody is understanding that the very thing you've, you've longed for in God, the very thing that you've, 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 you've prayed and asked God to help you with, the very thing you've looked for, the Lord is standing there just simply saying, just give me what is the less of you. Give me what you don't like. I want to do something in your life and allow me to speak what you need in your life. David, in, this, in our text, David comes to feed his brothers and, and, and just brings, brings what he can. And he looks around and he sees Goliath and he, he sees all of them hiding. And he says, what in the world's going on? And he goes to Saul's office, if you will, and he says simply that, that uh, he says, hey, hey uh, is, is, there not a, is there not a cause? Like no, one, no one's doing anything about this. All David's life, he's been told that he's not going to measure up. His dad didn't even call him to the party when Samuel shows up. He's always been rejected as the outcast out in the field while the others were doing all the great stuff. And now he just shows up and says, there's got to be someone that can do something. And guess what Saul does? Saul says, you're willing to fight? Okay, I'll tell you what. Go get my armor. So at least they don't think when you die that I sent you out there with nothing. Get my armor, get my helmet, get my sword, and go out. Do your best. And the Bible says he has said not to go. In other words, he probably caught a reflection of himself. And he looked at himself and thought, this isn't me. This isn't me. Uh, this doesn't measure up. What he realized in that moment is it wasn't this stuff that was on the backside of that hill when it was just me and God. And I trusted God and said, God, you're going to make a way. It wasn't this stuff that I had when the bear came out. It wasn't this stuff I had when the lion came out and began to go after the sheep. No, I didn't have any of this. This is not who God has called me to be. 
So the Bible tells us he took that stuff off and it comes to our text and he goes down to a brook. And when he gets to that brook, he gathers five smooth stones and puts them in a shepherd's bag. Even a script, which is pretty much meaning that the, the, the script would be fragments, pieces that he would have gathered up to carry. And so he gathers five smooth stones and puts them in that shepherd's bag. And here's the three most important words of David's life, I believe. He's, he put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had. In other words, he had it when he was on the backside of a hill. In other words, he had it when he fought the lion. In other words, he had it when the servant ran out of Jesse's house and said, I don't know what to tell you, but Samuel's in there with oil. And Samuel asked if there's any other kids, if there's any other children. And he said, I'm not moving until he comes here. And the servant said, David, you better get your stuff and get in there. I'm going to watch the sheep, but you get in there. And David said, well, well, what do you mean? He said, what, what is he doing? What does he look like? What, what is he thinking? What is he talking? How did he sound? And David gets up and begins to walk all that way into the, Je- the house of Jesse. And he says, Lord, I don't know what you're doing but I've been loving you and I've been trusting you and I felt overlooked is this the moment right now where you're calling me up is this the moment he had the bag then he had it's who he was he carried it everywhere he went he carried it on his good days and he carried it on his bad days he carried it when things were good and he carried it when things were not so good he carried it on the sunny days and on the cloudy days that's who he was that's who he was and the Lord saw that and said right now I'm calling you up and David said I'm not going to carry a sword. That's not who I am. I'm not going to carry a shield. That's not who I am. But I know one thing that the God, God has called me and anointed me with a shepherd's bag. And so right now, it may not measure up in their eyes. And it may not be enough in their eyes. And they may discount it. But I'm going to walk on a battlefield with all my mess ups, with all my hang ups, with all what I'm not. And I'm going to walk out and let the uncircumcised Philistine know that as long as I've got God as long as I've got the name of the Lord on my side nothing can stop me nothing can stop me so what I've come to tell somebody is you've fallen short that's okay you messed up that's okay you don't have what others have that's okay you don't possess what you wish you possess that's okay all I'm calling you to do is get up and say God I'm just going to run after you and I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to follow you and let you do the work in my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I wish somebody would receive it right now. I wish somebody right now that walked in this house and you felt your mistake was too great. I wish you would understand right now that the Lord has placed in your heart what you need. The Lord has given you exactly what you need and He desires to use you. Your mind and your heart and your eyes have been on something else. But all He's calling you to do right now is say, look right here. I want you to follow me. I want you to walk with me. Get your eyes off and when you walk with Him, you walk away from all the drama. You walk away from all the competition. You walk away from all the depression. I'm asking this morning if you feel a nudging in the Holy Ghost as you stand to your feet, if you feel right now the Lord doing something in your heart, would you, would you physically step out from where you are and take a step to this altar and say Lord I'm walking with you I want to do a work in in, in this kingdom God I'm desiring it in Jesus name thank you for joining us and for more information you can visit us at gobethesda.com you can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road Prairieville Louisiana services are at 10am Sunday and 7pm on Wednesday